Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi, everyone. I decided to record a bonus episode. I, I wasn't going to um, publish anything for this week um, because I wasn't able to get something in on time. But then I um, was trying to plan for my upcoming episodes and I I made the ask on my Instagram for episode suggestions. And one of the suggestions was breaks during grad school that are productive and I was thinking about that idea, that concept of breaks during the academic calendar. And I think what this individual was referring to were, you know, the like spring break, winter break, summer break. So if you're a student, whether you're an undergrad or a grad student, what do you do during your break so that it is quote unquote productive? And I say quote unquote productive because... I have a lot of mixed feelings with regard to that term, um, the term productivity. I um, I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast, you can probably get a sense that um, I grew up having very perfectionistic tendencies and um, being uh, referred to as a workaholic. And um, I've tried to work on those things so that I can um, learn to value myself outside of that capitalistic notion of productivity so that I can also value myself without needing to get work done and still, you know, prioritize rest and take care of myself. And that's one of the ways that I'm able to manage my chronic illness. But it's interesting because I think that this idea of like, what do you do during your break time is something that we don't talk about enough in academia. Um, and I, I'm going to call this episode awkward academic calendar breaks because I do think it can be awkward, um, especially in academic spaces, to overshare like what we're doing over the break times. I recall as an undergrad and as a grad student, there were a lot of mixed um, reviews and mixed conversations that came up when we talked about breaks. Like, One thing that came up, I remember when I was an undergrad, this was a big reality check for me, a big culture shock, realizing, wow, people actually take vacations during breaks. Like People actually travel and go sailing and have money to do these leisurely things. And for me, break time was never a break. Break time was always help out your family. Break time always meant doing work, but different types of work, whether that was domestic labor or helping out my mom. Um, but it was never truly a quote unquote break. And then in grad school breaks for me, at least in my experience, were awkward because we weren't allowed to talk about taking time off. The, the, I remember the first time I had this desire to set an away message on my email to say that I was going to take a few days off and put in a way message so that way certain professors who I knew expected quick replies would know that I wasn't going to get back to them for a few days. I remember I mentioned it to my advisor at the time 
And he was one of multiple people. He wasn't the only one. Multiple people that told me that that that's frowned upon. To use an away message was frowned upon because some individuals would look down on me and would think that I wasn't committed enough to my research and that I needed to be working all the time and um, that it could just make me look bad to have an away message. And then when I became a staff member, started working full time, I realized, wow, there's this whole other world of higher education, of student affairs and staff that folks that openly have <laughs> away messages and where it's socially acceptable to take time off to use that's where you have vacation sick and vacation time and you put an away message so people know that you'll get back to them you know as soon as you return from your break so yes it can be awkward it can be awkward depending on um, what stage you're at with regard to higher education and what spaces and conversations you're a part of but going back to this idea of productivity so I don't really want to say like you should try to aim to be productive. I think you should try to aim to be nourished. And um, what do I mean by nourished? I mean nourishing your mind, body, and soul. How can you take advantage of this break time so that you can do the things that will benefit you the most? And that will be different from for every single individual. For some of us, it's rest. I mean, if you've been going through finals, you've been having some sleepless nights, you've been feeling overwhelmed and stressed, it would be nice to be able to rest, to be able to take time off where you do nothing. And I mean nothing. I mean, not even domestic tasks, nada, just rest. I mean, that that to me is luxurious because I rarely ever give myself the opportunity to truly rest. So resting is one thing um, that is never a bad thing because resting allows you to sustain yourself. If you keep working yourself, you could literally work yourself to death. You could just work, 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 then get very ill and work yourself to death. Um, so resting is important for your own long-term sustainability so that you don't get burnt out, so that you don't end up quitting whatever it is that you're doing, especially if what it, whatever it is that you're doing is something that you value and you enjoy. Um, so resting is one thing. Another thing is that you can do is um, catch up on those things that maybe you've been leaving or pushing to the side because you've been so busy with your other labor. Um, so by that, I mean, like, maybe this is a time for you to catch up on domestic labor, on chores, on things that you maybe haven't had a chance to do um, because you've been so busy. So maybe you're like, oh, I've always wanted to clean out that drawer, or I've always wanted to reorganize my workspace, or I've always wanted to um, fully clean out my closet, whatever it is. Domestic labor is still labor. It's still things that need to get done. And if it will help you, if it will benefit you, if it will nourish you, if after you're done tidying up your space and you look at it and you're like, wow, I really, <laughs> I'm really going to enjoy my workspace a lot more now that I have X, Y, and Z, or now that I've cleaned up, now that I've reorganized, then go ahead and do that. Um, if it's just going to make you, if it's just going to further stress yourself out, if you're only going to further stress yourself out at the thought of cleaning, reorganizing, whatever it is that you're doing at home, then don't 
maybe don't do it. <laughs> maybe um, find another time to do that. Maybe now is not the right time. Um, another thing that I've noticed that a lot of folks have been doing that I think is actually a great thing and, and definitely nourishing is I think the pandemic has allowed a lot of people to pick up new hobbies. And that's great. You are an individual you are more than just the work that you do nine to five. You are more than just the work that you do in academia. Um, you're a whole ass individual. I mean, you are, you have multiple identities. You are multitudes. And so, of course, why not pick up one or two or multiple hobbies? I mean, at least within my scope of um, friends, I know that I've seen a lot of people pick up baking and cooking and hiking and yoga and biking and reading for fun and um there's just so much that you can do when it comes to hobbies and not all of them require you having to pay money i mean i'm not a big fan of of doing anything that require a lot of your own money and uh because it's it's just not necessary you you don't you shouldn't have to necessarily pay money to nourish yourself if if it helps you <laughs> and you have the money to spend, go ahead. Um, but I know, you know, with a lot of my students, they are low income or they are working class and they don't have a lot of just discretionary funds that they can just use on on whatever. And even myself, were, were, even though I am a salaried employee, I do have a set budget, I... I still have very much a working class sensibility. I don't really like spending a ton of money on things. I, I, I try to minimize my costs and do things that nourish me that don't necessarily require a ton of money. I, I just don't think it's necessary. I mean, if it were up to me, I would live a more minimalistic life. And I know my partner makes fun of me because he says, if it were up to you, <laughs> you would live in an empty home. <laughs> and he makes fun of me because I I was that person that followed Marie Kondo and he was like yes you know um there was this one meme like of like Marie Kondo's ideal home and it was like literally an empty room there was nothing on there and he's like yep that's you <laughs> um but uh you don't need a lot you don't need a lot to to nourish yourself it's just about identifying the things that will um help you have an enjoyable break time. So, and that's the thing. So I remember, okay, now I feel much less guilty. I, I do sometimes feel guilty when I take time off, but much less than before. As an undergrad and as a graduate student, I experienced so much guilt. And I don't know if it was part of it was the being raised Catholic and you just always carry guilt with you or, you know, being raised with with these particular gender roles and expectations and cultural expectations of the work that you're supposed to do as, you know, a mujer. I, 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 I'm not exactly sure where all of that guilt came from, but I felt really bad and I was constantly thinking that whenever I would take a day off, like, I should be working, I should be writing, I should be answering emails, I should be doing this and this and this and this. And I'd keep my phone on and I'd check my emails and I was that person always on top of things and always respo responding right away. And it was, it was toxic for me. It was, I stressed myself out. 
And part of it was, yes, um, certain individuals that I worked with did require that I respond and to their needs 24-7 at all hours of the day. Um, but the other part of it was that I allowed it, that I didn't set boundaries. And so um, what is it that you need to do to allow yourself to take a break and do it guilt-free? Does it mean communicating your boundaries? Does it mean setting an away message? Does it mean, you know, you don't even necessarily, that's the thing. If you are in a situation much like mine where my um, professor, the professors and mentors around me were telling me, no, don't include an away message. That's going to make you look bad. You don't, you don't have a responsibility to necessarily have to communicate your plans with the whole world. You can always front load your work, everything that you maybe are expected to get done during this breakdown, get it done earlier, uh, do it early so that then you can take that break. And, um, and then maybe you do check emails, but not all day, 24 hours a day. Maybe you have a set time, like maybe I'm going to take a break. So I'm only going to check emails every 48 hours and I'm only going to do it during this one time. And then whatever I check is whatever I check, whatever I get to is whatever I get to. And then everything else, I will respond when I get back. You know what I mean? Like you can set your own plans. You can set your own policies. It is really empowering once you start to realize that you do have control over your own schedule. You do have control over your boundaries and how you communicate with others and what you get to do with your life. So break time, I think, is a great opportunity to reflect on those things, to reflect on your habits, to plan, to organize, to figure out, like, this is part of your lifestyle, like, what's going to work for you long term, or what's going to work for you right now for the next couple of years while you get through undergrad, while you get through grad school. Um, Yeah, but these academic calendar breaks... (sighs) You know, sometimes I didn't even truly enjoy them because of that guilt and because of the awkward conversations that I would have with friends, with family, with colleagues. I remember when folks would find out that I had a break, they're like, oh, yeah, you're coming up on spring break. That means you can come see me. That means you can come do this. You can come help me out with that. And sometimes break times for me, I I got so consumed with making plans with doing things, with um, just even like, I don't know, like whether it was a family gathering or a birthday party or a play date or hanging out with a friend or whatever. At the end of that break time, I had made so many plans and done so many things that I wasn't even fully enjoying myself that at the end of that quote unquote break, I was just as exhausted, if not more. So I would say if, if there's one thing I want to tell all of you, including the individual who suggested this episode, it's just try to be as intentional as possible with how you want to use your break time in a way that nourishes you. And just try it out. Try out different things during different breaks, you know? Um, and then let me know what works because I'm always curious what works for some folks. And I'll let you know, like, at least for me, and again, you're not, you are not all like me, but for me, what works is a combination of both 
front-loading work, then resting, and then doing a little bit of the domestic labor and a little bit of the hobbies. So a combination of all those things I mentioned, um, and then not um, over-planning, just not, not having this long list of things to do because otherwise I'm going to disappoint myself if if I don't get them all done. And then if I do get them all done, (laughs) I might just exhaust myself. So, you know, finding a a balance um, and doing a number of different things um, that nourish me, that's what helps me out. So I hope you found this helpful and I will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time.